We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined by Kyle Porter. Season is going well, Kyle, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Everything's fine. We're good. <laughs> I'm I've lost my voice. I've been screaming about uh you know, 15-yard passes over the middle that are wide open that cannot be hit. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I thought that – I hope a lot of people watched our post-game show on Sunday. I thought it was really – I thought it was fun. I thought we had a lot of fun with it. But it, I think it sort of got it kind of where we're at right now, what we're really thinking. Because sometimes it can be hard to – I don't know. It's hard to, like, take a stance because you don't want to kill guys. You don't want to, you know, burn stuff down. But you also want to have – reasonable good takes and I, I thought that kind of what we talked about on Sunday is a, is a good representation of where we're both at right now with what well with Just the, the season in general yeah with the season with with Cornelius with uh, Oklahoma State not being prepared for big 12 openers uh, it, the whole thing is just I don't know it's pretty disappointing I would say especially after the Boise State game yeah I mean uh, we we talked a lot about you know, how poorly the offense played. I mean, 47% completion percentage by Cornelius. I know Gundy said corn's fine, but corn, corn is not fine. Corn, I've been trying to, corn ain't fine. No, I've been trying to tell people that too. And finally, everyone's kind of come around to my side once they've seen him play four games. So, I mean, obviously, Kyle, we got to talk about the bombshell that was Jalen McCleskey on, on Monday deciding to transfer that that caught everyone off guard and it's kind of shows you that this four game redshirt rule is not all great for the coaches either it it, it can flip the other way i took it as you know they weren't getting him the ball i took it as he's tired of playing with cornelius i mean how many times have we seen him run over the middle wide open and not get the ball uh maybe it's just more to do with playing at oklahoma state i mean his catches have gone down but i mean he did play with james washington and marcel aitman uh the year has went down significantly now they're about the same as they were last year so i don't know it was a weird a weird deal i mean he, he exercised his right uh i thought he quit on his team i thought that was pretty pretty shameful quit on your team after four games when you're playing it's one thing if you're a quarterback like kelly bryant who announced he's transferring from clemson only one quarterback can play at a time you play wide receiver and it's kind of sad too, Kyle. He was climbing the all-time charts, sixth all-time in receptions, and just basically quit on his team after four games. I, I was stunned by that, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I, I don't, I don't really get it. I guess, uh, like, if this was Tyron, I, I'd be like, eh, okay, that stinks. But I sort of understand, like, he he hasn't really gotten the ball as much as his talent seemingly warrants, and. It's Jalen though, and you're like, yeah. I mean, he's he's a good college player. Like he's obviously he's one of the all time reception leaders at Oklahoma State. But it's not he's not like a he's not like an NFL guy, you know. Like he's not like a he's not like a next level talent that that wasn't being targeted, you know, as much as his talent warranted. I I I, I don't really feel like the explanation lined up with like the reality of the situation. Did you feel like that too? Yeah, I mean, Gundy said he wasn't getting the ball and that they couldn't get him the ball was his big concern. I mean, my speculation is that Gundy said on, on Sunday they weren't switching the quarterback. Get on board. Get behind him. This is our guy, Corn. He's fine. And Jalen was like, screw this. This guy cannot throw me the ball over the middle. I get what. 
Kyle, anyone who's ever played wide receiver, there's nothing more frustrating than beating your man, getting wide open, and the quarterback not look your way. That's frustrating. And that's clearly happened a lot with McCleskey, more than, more so than any other receiver, really. I mean, people can talk about Tywin Wallace being on Blitnikoff watch lists. Like our, our boy PFB Nate's been just droning on and on about that. Well, they just throw him fade routes to where he just goes up and gets it. You, McCleskey can't do that. Like that's a totally different way of getting him the ball. He's not a fade ball route guy. That's not what McCleskey does. So I get his frustration. I'm I'm still surprised he would transfer and and think that he's going to improve his NFL stock by going elsewhere. I just I, I have a hard time seeing that. But the old fade ball route guy. Yeah, I mean, just the <laughs> the white the white flag play. I mean, that's not what McCleskey does. So of course Tylen Wallace gets the ball more because they're just lobbing it up to him. Does anybody? Do you think anybody misses Mason Rudolph? <laughs> Maybe they do now. I mean, I remember all the all the Mason haters that were coming out of the woodwork preseason saying Cornelius had a stronger arm even though he underthrows everybody and throws it in the dirt. I don't know. I Mason's actually, looking better and better by the game. Yeah. It's like who uh who was the who was Baker the first quarterback after Landry and, and Norman? No, it was Trevor Knight. Yeah, tre- okay, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've, it's sort. I mean, Trevor Knight's and, and Blake Bell. Yeah, but they may like. I wonder if OU fans after that happened were like, ah, Andrew was pretty good. He I'm was sure they were. Yeah, he was they were. All right. I, I just, I don't know. It, it's <clears throat> the whole thing is uh, the whole thing has turned super interesting, Carson. Because you know, it, it's I, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like I legitimately like what if what if Cornelius comes? I, I looked at his stats ever since halftime of South Alabama, and he's like, I can't remember the exact number. I think he's like forty for seventy-eight for like six hundred yards, three picks, and two touchdowns. Oof. That's horrendous. That's so bad. And I mean, do you just do you just keep rolling him out there? Like what if they what if they like barely beat what if, what if they lose to Kansas? Well, they're not gonna lose to Kansas, surely. I mean, I don't think so, but like, I just I have no idea. I'm less sure about how the season's gonna play out now than I was in like June. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And uh, Brian Keating brought this up on Sunday, and it's a good point. It's it sort of seems like it's shaping up to be like 2014, and in, in the way that. Gundy just did everything in his power to redshirt Mason Rudolph. It just it took every quarterback on the roster getting hurt for him to play him, <laughs> and he and he clearly was the best quarterback on the roster. It sure seems to me like that it's shaping up that Spencer Sanders. He's just doing everything he can to get him to redshirt because you can't you can't convince me now that he's had time to learn the offense that he could do worse than than Taylor Cornelius as far as just purely throwing the football. Sure, he could not make the right reads, not know the offense as well. But from a pure talent perspective, I don't I don't think it really is that close. And that that's before I even get to Drew Brown. I've I have no idea what they're doing with him. I have no idea what the conversation was with him when he decided to come to OSU. Did they tell him you're gonna redshirt, we're just gonna preserve you and you'll be the guy next year? Because I don't I don't know if he comes to Oklahoma State if that's the plan. I, I think he would want to play this year and there's eight games left. You can't just roll Cornelius out there again, not in my opinion. Yeah, I I uh, I talked to somebody that w- that's in the program. Um, 
Oh, um, sources say? Yeah, recently about the, the Cornelius thing, and this person was explaining, like, <laughs> this sounds so, like, it's such a, uh, it, it's such a, like, Gundy, ex- like, it, I'll just tell you what he said, and, and we can talk about it. He's basically like, look, Cornelius is really good in practice, and then it seems like the stage gets to him, or like he doesn't, he just doesn't perform as well, obviously, whenever, like on, on Saturdays. And I just feel like, I feel like this crystallized for me. I was, I was, uh, at some point this week, I was, just, I think I was working out or something. I don't know if you know this, but I work out, Carson. And, uh, <laughs> okay, Rory. And, uh, it crystallized for me that Gundy's just like, he's like the dad, like the, like, I don't know, maybe like our dads or some of our friends' dads who's just, like, he's just kind of set in his ways. And, like, he seems so, like, a lot of the stuff he does is, like, seemingly progressive. But when it comes to some stuff, he's just so old school. And, like, it matters to him that guys have been there for five years. And it matters to him that guys care about the program and care about, you know, all these different things. And we can argue about whether those things should matter, but the reality is that they do. And he's just so, I think he's just so set in his ways. And we've seen this play out in different ways this week that we probably don't need to get into, but I think he's just so set in his ways on certain things that there's just no like reasoning him out of it. There's no logic that will lead him out of it until like you said, he's presented with a situation which he, he literally does not have another option. And I think as a, as a fan or as somebody who's watching these games, that's, that can be, that can be frustrating because it, it seems like such an obvious thing just to try something different. But I don't think there's any amount of logic or reasoning that will lead Gundy to, to do that. Well, he wants to prove everyone that he's right, that Cornelius is the quarterback, right? I mean, I think he wants to be correct that he made the right decision. He's trying to justify it by still playing him. And I do think there's a lot to the loyalty thing. As I mentioned on this show before, you know, Drew Brown showed up two months ago. <laughs> Cornelius has been there for a long, long time. And Gundy wants to give him every opportunity to be the quarterback, and I can appreciate that. But to me, it lines up a lot with the Alex Kate over Brandon Whedon's situation. And if you want to sit there and say the offense fit Kate better, it was the Zach Robinson offense, all you got to do is go back to the orange and white scrimmages that we watched where Whedon would just completely outplay Alex Kate. Like it was clear to everybody that Whedon was better. And why was Kate over him? Well, he had been there longer. And Gundy appreciated that, that he, you know, did all the right things and everything else. So I think Gundy is loyal to a fault when it comes to his quarterbacks as well, as far as tenure goes. And I think that's what we're seeing here. I mean, and look, if if Cornelius, if you if you realize he's having a problem turning it on on Saturdays, isn't that the same situation you could have with a Drew Brown? Maybe he doesn't play as well in practice as he does the game, and and same thing with Spencer Sanders. Like it can go both ways, right? And that's that's basically what we were told about Whedon that he wasn't a good practice player. So I again, I'm not saying these two guys are Brandon Whedon or that Cornelius is Alex Kate. I'm just going on his decision making history. I want to see Spencer Sanders so bad. Well, it's hard for me to envision he could be worse, right? You've been hammering this point that he would definitely bring more. Uh, he'd definitely be more dynamic than than Cornelius would. I, again, I didn't think the coaches put Cornelius in great spots either. They didn't game plan well at all. But I wouldn't mind seeing Sanders at this point either. It seems to me like they're going to wait at least until the four games. Yeah, I went back. You know, I, I really thought that 
what Gundy said after, and we talked about this a little bit after on our, on our post game on Sunday. I thought what he said after the game was a little a little weak about the offensive line. Basically, just like, well, we've got to protect better. Like we got to we, we don't have a running game, and it's like, man, I, I went back and looked at the numbers. They're averaging more yards per carry, and again, yards per carry can be misleading, but they're averaging more yards per carry through four games this year than they were through four games last year, and specifically if you look at uh, the Pittsburgh and the TCU games from last year. So they're basically they're if you take the Tulsa and the South Alabama out, and if you take Missouri State and South Alabama out from this year, they were better in both games this year rushing the football than they were in, in those two games last year. And and so I just I, I feel like the we can't rush the football thing is it's sort of a I feel like it's a shield for Cornelius. Now can they protect the quarterback? They haven't done that very well. And I, th- I think that's a real thing. And I think it's a good point by Gundy, but I, d- I just, I don't fully buy the, we can't rush the, the football thing. Well, I don't buy the offensive lines. The only problem. It's the biggest problem since when has their offensive line been good, Kyle? I mean, they haven't been blocking anybody for five or six years with regularity, let alone excellence. So this notion that it's all on the offensive line is ridiculous. Mason Rudolph didn't have an offensive line. And again, I know Cornelius is not Mason, but they protected him just fine. I mean, he, he took some hits. You know, Tech had two sacks. OSU had three. Tech had five hurries. OSU had five hurries. It's not as if he was just under fire and the offensive line gave him no chance. That's, that's absurd. And he knows it's absurd. He was just, he's just talking. <laughs> Uh, through okay, so through four games, Oklahoma State was rushing for five point three yards a carry last year, and they're rushing for five point six a carry this year. Five point six yards a carry is pretty good. That's excellent. I mean, he, that's he excellent. He even said in the preseason, if you could average four point two, here's the quote: If you could average four point two yards a carry running the ball, you got a chance to be a decent offense. And when we weren't, we weren't very good offensively. When we do rush the ball for four point two or better. We've been a pretty good offense. They rushed the ball for 4.2 or better against Boise and Texas Tech. They're two sort of real games so far this year. I just I just don't buy it. I, I, I feel like that's such a prop for Cornelius. That's exactly what it is. Now, the question is, is he changing quarterbacks anytime soon? It does, certainly doesn't appear that way. Do you think he'll play more than one, or are you just going to roll Cornelius? It's Kansas. He can probably just play Cornelius the whole time, I would assume. Yeah, but- I, think, I think he's in. I mean, yeah. I think I think he just goes with guys until like you mentioned this earlier. Like, unless he gets hurt, that's just that's just what it is. Like, and it it sound, it almost sounds even crazy for us to say it out loud. And look, there are other issues. Like, there are defensive issues. There are uh, you know, like you said, offensive line issues. The receivers haven't been great. They've been fine. There are other things, and so it, it's a little unfair for us to completely focus on the quarterback, but that's kind of at the heart of all of this, right? Like, you know, that that's that's the lightning rod conversation that everybody's talking about, that everybody has an opinion on, and I feel like understandably so. So it, it's going to be fascinating to see where they go from here. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like things are going that well in the locker room. I mean, Mike Gundy today – or was it yesterday, at, at availability, banned the media from asking about Jalen McCleskey to the players or he'd, he wouldn't make players available the rest of the season. So the question is, why would he do that? Why wouldn't he just tell his players, look, he left, he's not with us, we're moving on. Why can't they just say that? Why does he have to ban 
gag the media with with non McCleskey questions. Maybe maybe he's worried about the players supporting McCleskey, saying you know maybe the, maybe he's worried about them taking his side. I don't have any idea, but to me that was absolutely ridiculous. I mean that that tells me Gundy's just he's really he's really losing the grip on things if he's doing stuff like that. Yeah, that was uh, written about by uh, John Hoover, and then there was a professor at Oklahoma State who who uh, tweeted it out. Um, I don't know. I probably am not the one that needs to go pretty too deep into that. Uh, but yeah, it, it wasn't uh, according to what those people wrote. It, it wasn't a great look. Uh, Carson, we need to we need a toast. I know it's not a great week for it, but. <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, and toast. wow, you really you really moved on past that with the quickness. You left like tire tracks. Oh, what do you? I mean, what do you want Skid me to say marks. about it? What should I say about it? What oh, what what can I say that's gonna that's gonna be beneficial to our organization? You can say it's ridiculous. It's not. It's not a great look. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's time for the Coupe Works toast <laughs> of the week. Coupe Works, bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coupe Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, I've got a toast this week that I'm pretty sure you're not going to steal, so I'll, I'll. Should I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to toast. Uh, I'm going to toast Cliff. Oh, I, I like Cliff Kingsbury. I'm going to toast a, a Saturday siren to him because that's what should have been going off at Boom Pickens Stadium was a bunch of sirens when he starts <laughs> when he starts running those uh, those plays in the red zone that I hope Mike Yersich took like took video of on his iPhone because uh, they were really good. Did Gundy write those down on his big chief pad? I, yeah, I hope so. I thought Cliff was awesome on Saturday, and I was. You know, my OSU fandom aside, I was I, I was ex- I was glad for him because I, I think that uh, I don't know. I just like him. Like, I think he cares. I think he, <laughs> as Gundy would say, does everything right, loves football, you know, all those things. And uh, that was a big win for them. You know, he's never beaten Oklahoma State. Tech hadn't beaten him in Stillwater since 01, since he was the quarterback. And, uh, yeah, you know, setting aside my – wanting Oklahoma state to win both because I went there and because I run a website that covers Oklahoma state. I I was excited for, for Kingsbury. He lit up Jim Knowles. He gave him a welcome to the big 12 game for sure. And those plays were sick that he was dialing up in the red zone. Yeah. Uh, tech had a true freshman, by the way, at quarterback, he seems ready to play. I don't know if he came in earlier than Spencer Sanders did, but I digress. I will, uh, toast a coop elevator wheat. It's been a while since we toasted one of those. To Calvin Bundage. He was dragging his leg around Boone Pickens Stadium like Justin Blackman in twenty ten Bedlam. And I and I look, I get it. He wants to stay on the field. He you know, you're taught in football to be tough, to be tougher than the guy across from you. And he showed a lot of toughness trying to play through that, Kyle. I thought the coaches did him a disservice by by leaving him out there. And and Gundy's even come out and said they should have taken him out. But just want to give Bundage a toast for for gutting it out the way he did. Yeah, that was that was not great. That I mean, I I just I mean for him, like you could tell he didn't want to come out. But what what I you got to get him out. Like I honestly think you could have ran away from Calvin Bundage on Saturday. That bad? Well, I mean, you're pretty quick. Yeah, wasn't a great look. <laughs> um. Okay. Should we? 
you want to talk about the unis now, or do you have any, something else you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk unis. Okay, let's get to this week's uniform preview, and we'll do a review, too. Brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Carson, could they have done anything, like, if, if they were going to wear gray on Saturday, could they have done it worse than they did against Texas Tech? No, I love the helmet. Helmet was sweet. I love the all matte black. But um, Kyle, I've said since 2011 when they debuted the uniforms, I wanted to see black, gray, black. That's like the number one combo I've always wanted to see. And it was right there for the taking. Now I'm glad they didn't wear it because they probably would never wear it ever again since they played so terribly. Uh, but no, nah, it, w- it wasn't a great look. The, the gray, gray wasn't good. Gray, gray pants work really well. So I would have liked to have seen you know, some other Jersey. Yeah. They, I don't I don't know why they didn't go black, black gray or that. Yeah. They I wore would, that against central Michigan. Oh, maybe that's why they didn't do it. Probably so. Uh, yeah, I, I did not like it. I like gray, but I don't need that much of it. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. I, what are you I, going with this week? I did like the orange numbers though on, on the gray, uh, jerseys. I thought that was, see, good. I think the black numbers look better. Yeah. They're wasn't easier the, to see. I know that. Wasn't the? Oh, did did they? They had a number one year where you like you couldn't see it at all. Was that orange? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was twenty eleven. And then they and then they took it away. away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week, you go. You go ahead. Uh speaking of gray pants, they like to wear that up in Kansas. They do. So I'm gonna go white helmet with the badge, white jersey, gray pants. Yeah, I'm going to go, uh, I was going to go badge, but I'll go different than you. I'll I'll go white helmet with the brand, uh, white Jersey, obviously. And then I'll go orange pants. I think they, uh, I think they, they, they don't go gray pants two weeks. Oh, that would look good. We've, they haven't worn white, white, orange in a long time. They used to be their standard road uniform. Yeah. They wore it. Uh, what was it? Arizona game in 2012? I think that was white, white, gray. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah, white, white, orange. I, I don't. I don't know the last time they wore it. But yeah, I, I think that'd be. I think that'd be a solid look. Are, are you? Are you concerned about the Kansas game at all? No, I'm not concerned at all. Yeah, I think, I think we, they can hand the they can <clears throat> hand the ball off left and right. And just they can. Cornelius can stand over the center and point at the middle linebacker and say, "We're running it this way." And I think they'll be able to run the ball. I hope so. I think we do this thing after losses, especially after like really bad or frustrating losses where we take them and just project the rest of the season as if they're all the games are going to go like that. I think, I think it becomes really easy to do that. And we forget the team that we saw against Boise the week before that to where even if you land in the middle of those two games, you're still going to easily handle Kansas, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's recency bias for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not super concerned. Although, you know, they go out first three drives, three and out, three and out interception. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? I mean, I, I just, I mean, I was talking to somebody last night and I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going to go down. I don't know how it's going to play out. Well, and it's, it's true in that they, they don't play well up there. I mean, I know they beat, they won there the last time they were there, but the previous two times, but even, even last time they were there with Mason, 
it was yeah. kind of a back and forth game until Quint, to Quentin Osborne killed a man after he intercepted and fell on him. Remember that at the goal yeah, line? That was awesome. Um, but before that, Tyreek Hill had to return a kick for yep. a punt, whatever that was, for a touchdown to seal the game. And then that, that rain-delayed game where J.W. Walsh was the quarterback was dicey. And, and it's a tough it's a tough environment to play up there, Kyle, because it's empty stadium, 11 a.m. game, no one's there, no atmosphere. It's, it's tough to get up for those up there. That's why you've seen some really good teams struggle at Kansas, you know, the worst team in the league. It's just it's a tough game. Yeah, it is it is a weird game. Um Gundy's nine and one against them though. His only loss was the uh that Orange Bowl Kansas team. What was that? Oh eight? Oh nine? Oh seven. Oh seven. That was uh who was the uh Todd Racing? Yep. Yeah. Mangino, the the whole gang. That Akeem was, Talib. Akeem yeah, he was awesome. That was their – that's Gundy's only loss to Kansas. They didn't play for like three years after that game because of like the way the scheduling worked out with the new Big 12. And I, I don't know, it was it was kind of bizarre. But uh, Gundy hasn't lost since 2007. So shouldn't, shouldn't be a problem, but uh, who knows? It could get weird in Lawrence on Saturday. Okay, uh, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. And then we will come back and wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. uh, Any final thoughts on either uh, the Texas Tech game or the upcoming Kansas game? Nope, I'm just I'm curious to see how they handle the the quarterback position. You know, like you said, what if if they struggle out of the gates? That could uh, that could get dicey. So we'll have to we'll have to see about that. But but no, it's the season's not going well, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> I don't think either of us expected this after the the Boise game. So it's uh, and you know things usually go south with Gundy and the media when they're not very good. So yeah. tells me he's not feeling very confident right about now. Who do you think? Uh, this was one of the questions I got via email this week. Who, how do you think they fill in the McCleskey production? Well, I because, mean, Stoner, if he's healthy. Yeah, that's an issue. And, you know, people act like it's not a big loss. It's a big loss. I mean, they're very thin at the slot position. You have Stoner, who can play inside, if he likes to be outside. And then you have Landon Wolf and not much else. So it really hurts him. I think they should just try to target uh, Tyler in like 27 times a game. Just try to get him like the all-time receptions record for a single season. Well, they might. <laughs> they, were, they were on pace in that, that Tech game. They really might. Line up uh, Tyron and the Wildcat. How, how Would that be something you'd be interested in? Yes. <laughs> Go full Peter Warwick with it. Somebody had a great suggestion. I think it was um, – uh, it was via email. John Jester, I think, uh, is the guy's name. Who he's 
been a fan of the blog for a while, but he, and actually contributed it to, to it a little bit, but he suggested like, why not get the running backs more involved in terms of the passing game? Like maybe line up Chuba in the slot or, you know, just, and I totally agreed. Like I'd rather have Cornelius run, you know, throwing like those little three or four yard passes than I would him trying to, you know, skip one across the field to a, an angry tyrant running a 28 yard out or whatever. Yeah, the short passing game is just an extension of the run. So if you're not running the ball that well, just throw it out to those receivers. That's what Tech did a lot, right? Those little short swing passes. It's just a five- or six-yard run, essentially. Yeah, and it, and it really negates – I mean, we saw this with Tech, but it neutralizes what you're trying to do as a defense because Oklahoma State's defense is so predicated on the defensive line getting – you know, disrupting – another team's quarterback and if you're getting rid of it in like 1.5 seconds so you can't you literally like can't run to the quarterback fast enough even if you're not blocked and uh you know i think that could really like you noted help out their offensive line issues so yep we'll see what kind of game plan they come up with because what they had against tech was was not good uh last question do you think we'll get a uh, alex noren ricky fowler Ryder cup matchup this weekend i do I think so, but did you see the Tiger and Speed or uh, Tiger and Reed are going to be paired together instead of Speeth and Reed? Speeth and Reed's over. Why? Done. Why? Uh, I don't know. Reed's moved on. Bigger and Bat- better. Ba- bigger- Batman and Robin are breaking up. Bigger and better things. Batman and Robin. I mean, they were like they're like undefeated, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they're like. I don't know if they're like boys though. Well, who's boys with Reed? Nobody. I mean, I think him and Tiger like get along. Are they going to wear their Sunday red and black instead of the USA <laughs> kits? Oh, I hope so. That'd be sweet. That would be amazing. I'm fired up. I'm actually not really going to get to cover the Kansas game much because I'm going to be in. I'm going to be in Ryder. I'm going to be draped in an American flag all weekend, getting up at two in the morning. So. Well, you. I don't think you're going to miss much. Leave it to your quality staff to cover the Kansas game. Are you going up there? No, heck no. I'll be in Norman. <laughs> Who does OU play this weekend? Baylor. Mm, <laughs> even so not better. much better. Yeah. But it's it's at least on ABC, so we're doing a post-game show. So yeah. I have more reason to be there. There you go. Okay, Carson, good stuff as always. And we will uh, maybe do a post-game show this weekend. We'll have to see how the Ryder Cup goes. And if not, uh, we will be back uh, with more stuff next week. Sounds good. Talk okay. to you then. See you.